Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Hope you're getting a lot out of these. And if you're not, you need to let me know because we'd like to do whatever we can do to make sure you're getting information that you need that helps you be a better person and a better parent. And we have a better community overall. Last week, our podcast talked about obsessive compulsive personality disorder and how it differed from obsessive compulsive disorder. The ways to see the difference between diagnosing those, the criteria, the kinds of things that you would look for, how intrusive one is in your life versus the other. Are there causes that we can stop and prevent? Are there ways to treat? All different things. So take a listen to it. And all other podcasts and information are on my phone app and on my website at www.drsophie.com, iTunes, phone app, and my website. This week we are talking about an interesting topic, hypocrisy. Many people use the word. I'm not sure many people know what it means because I wasn't really clear either until I really looked at this. So really take a listen. It's a it's an important word because I think we misuse it more than we use it correctly. So listen up today. We're going to be talking about hypocrisy. What is it? Does it really just happen? Is it something that people kind of orchestrate or manipulate in their mind? Is it a natural state for our mind or is it something that we really can just kind of do when we need to and turn it on and turn it off. So why would anybody want to be hypocritical? We got to find out what's going on with these people that are like this. What are these uh, positive illusions and your four points that I'm going to give you when you get done with this podcast. Take a listen. We got a great expert on with us today. one eight five five sophie now one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. Every caller gets a free copy of my book. Call in, write in, email us. We got answers. If you've got questions, joining me today is Robert Kurzban, PhD. He is currently an associate professor at the University of Pennsylvania, my old stomping grounds in the Department of Psychology. Received his PhD at the University of California, Santa Barbara, at the Center for Evolutionary Psychology, and received his postdoctoral training at Caltech in the Division of Humanities. So you were on this coast, and you went to that coast. Are you with me, Robert? I am with you, and thanks so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for being with me. Why did you leave us here in California and go back to Philly? Well, it wasn't precisely voluntary, so, uh, you know, in the academy, you <laughs> go where the job is, and Penn had a job for me, so that's why I took it. If I had my druthers, I'd be back there in Southern California for sure. Well, I love Philly. That's my hometown. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great place. Uh, we don't have, have quite the weather that you guys do down there, but uh, what are you going to do? You have cheesesteaks. We do have that. So tell me, what, do you th what is this hypocrisy thingy about? Well, as you sort of indicated at the top there, people use the word differently. So the, the way I think about it is when um, you do something which conflicts with something you've said people ought not to do. So it's sort of this contradiction between your actions and your moral position. And to me, that's sort of the essence of what hypocrisy means. So give me an example. Well, I suppose um, most people look at political examples, so let's just take some politician from the East Coast um, who came out strongly in favor of uh, prosecuting people who engage in prostitution because prostitution is bad, 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 uh, and then one discovers that, in fact, this individual has patronized prostitutes. So there's a case in which the behavior, you know, doing the, doing the thing, um, conflicted with their moral position, that the thing was bad. And I think those are sort of the, the quintessential cases of hypocrisy. Okay. So do you think that it's a natural state of our mind to do that? I do. So um, I think that 
you know, humans are funny creatures. Our minds have lots of different moving parts, and the bits of our minds that cause us to engage in certain kinds of behavior uh, often wind up making us do things that are different from the kinds of things that we say are wrong. So, and this is not something which is specific to any subgroup, subclass, you know, even the political class, although they do it more than anyone else probably. Um, yeah. This is sort of what it means to be human, is that we're inconsistent creatures in this way. And is it a manipulator or is it not more of a manipulated thing? Well, I think it's a self-interested thing. So, you know, take something like prostitution or almost any, or stealing is a really good example. So, you know, we're evolved creatures, so we want to gain advantages. I want to live in a world in which uh, no one else steals any of my stuff, but I steal as much stuff as I can get, because that's good for me. Right. And so it's good to come out in favor of, you know, prosecuting people who steal stuff, because that prevents other people from doing it, but then if I can get away with it, I will. So, uh, not me, obviously. Um, right. But generally, no. right, so one way to think about hypocrisy is it's just part of the calculus of competition of what it means to be uh, a human from with it from, with an evolutionary Darwinian history. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of disconnected, but I guess is it a, like a relative of a lie? Yeah, so people again, you know, philosophers will play a lot around with different definitions. So um, I don't think that most hypocrisy is a lie, and and part of the reason I don't think that is, I, I think in some ways hypocrisy is sort of accidental. So people are often engaging in behaviors without really uh, thinking about the fact that uh, that's the kind of behavior that they in the past have sort of condemned as morally wrong. So many times people don't intend to be hypocrites. They do it sort of, you know, by accident more yeah. than anything else. Okay. Let's take a voicemail. Hi, this is John. I guess one observation I've had about hypocrisy, or I guess maybe the word hypocrisy, is that it generally has a negative connotation. It's a, it's a bad thing. And I agree that it's, it's usually bad in the sense that if you're doing something that's uh, hurtful to others uh, and, you know, you're wondering why they're not doing the same uh, thing for you. So in essence, I understand why hypocrisy uh, would be negative. However, uh, in a situation where, let's say, you know, you're doing something wrong, you have, like, bad study habits or you're procrastinating all the time and you're trying to give advice to, like, your little brother about, hey, you shouldn't procrastinate. Yes, yeah, thankfully, being a hypocrite in that situation, but I argue that in that situation, you're probably the most qualified person to, to give advice because you suffer from the same mistakes. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have the best solutions, but still pointing it out to someone else, I argue, is a good thing. So in that sense, I don't think the word hypocrite uh, should have a negative connotation. And those two scenarios just kind of have different meanings, although they're both all in the realm of uh, hypocrisy. Anyway, thanks. Interesting. What do you think? Yeah, so um, certainly this this sort of do as I say, not as I do, has the aura of hypocrisy to it. But I would just make a distinction here between um, two different things. One is saying something like studying is good for you, which usually doesn't have a moral component. That's just mostly a, saying something about what will lead to good outcomes. Right. And um, not studying is morally wrong. Right. I think people would, would say, you know, not studying for your exam is, is kind of a bad thing to do in terms of your future. Certainly as an educator, that's what I think. But they wouldn't say that you've committed some kind of offense that's punishable in that sense. So, so what I, I usually reserve hypocrisy for the cases in which people are talking about things that have this kind of moral dimension to it. But by and large, I agree that not all inconsistency is bad, right? So foolish consistency is a hobgoblin of little minds or whatever it was uh, that that famous quotation exactly reads. Um, and I think, I, think there's, I think there's justice to that. So I want to I wanna just slice off a piece of the pie where people are specifically talking about things that are kind of morally weighted. So that's really what you're, that's the distinction you would say that you really focus on is the moral piece of it. Exactly. Okay. So do you think it has anything to do with intelligence or IQ? 
I don't, and I don't know that for sure. So there's not a ton of research on hypocrisy, certainly not enough to make a lot of good claims about individual differences. But um, certainly my sense of the way this works is that um, I don't think you'd expect either more or less hypocrisy from people who are smarter or less intelligent. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd actually guess that it would go kind of in the other direction. That is, the thing about being a smart person is that you can hide your inconsistencies by explaining away your actions more cleverly and creatively. Yeah. Um, so it could be that uh, the smarter you are, the more inconsistent you are, just that you're better hiding it. Got it. Okay. So I have a vo- uh, email from Jacob from Philly, actually. When somebody asks, acts hypocritically, does it show that they are not thinking rationally or that they view themselves as above others? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, so people fight over the term uh, rationally. I could make an argument for in both directions. If you want to say that rationality is about consistency, then I think the answer is yes, but I think most people would would resist that. Um, the second yeah. part of that is totally interesting, which is, yeah, so in some sense, doing the thing that you think other people shouldn't do does put yourself above above yeah. others in, in some sense. I mean, the difficulty with these metaphors is one never really knows what it means. But certainly there's a history of that, right? So um, certain leaders, even in this country, right, have done sort of bad things and said, well, it's okay because I am the president, and when the president done it, does it, then it's right. Or right. That, was my, that was my Nixon imitation. I got it. In case, the, in case the listeners didn't get that. So, yeah, and I, th- I think there's a lot of justice to that, which is that hypocrisy, some, some people in positions of power take inconsistency to be part of the perk of their position. And do you notice, like, are there personality traits that, like, kind of go along with hypocrisy? Like, is it narcissism? Is it, you know, passive aggressiveness? Any of that stuff? Yeah, it's a great question, and right now um, we don't have the data to answer that question. I would love to do more research looking at individual differences. It's hard to study because it's very difficult to quantify when people are being hypocritical. Uh, you can do it a little bit in certain kinds of lab situations, but then you'd have to do a million different personality measures and so on. I, I think those are important research questions that I would love to engage in the future. And before we take a, a caller, just tell me why it's so difficult to quantify uh, hypocrisy. Well, so if you take my definition, you've got to figure out what people think are morally wrong and then catch them doing it. And uh, people don't voice their moral positions too often, and also people tend to be shy about doing stuff that's morally wrong in view of psychologists. So it's just, it's just hard to get them, get them to do it. So that means measurement is difficult. It's a, it's a little, little bit of a problem in terms of just the rubber meets the road measuring stuff in a lab or even in the world. Okay. All right. Let's take a caller from Jeff. Hey, Dr. Sophie. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How are you? Good. You're on with myself and Dr. Kurzban. Great. Um, well, so lately my good friend has uh, has been getting on my case about hanging out with my girlfriend too much. Right. Um, but the thing is, whenever he's in a relationship, he completely disappears. Um, his girlfriend recently moved to New York, so the relationship is kind of up in the air right now. And that's when he started getting on my case. And I'm just wondering, how do, how do I reason with him? He's, he's make, he makes me feel guilty and uh, like I'm not hanging out with the guys enough, stuff uh, like that. Okay. And what do you think, Dr. Kurzban? Well, I should point out from the start that I'm not a clinician, and um, I'm, I certainly don't know anything more than anyone else about relationships. Um, so I don't feel qualified to give good advice, but I think that the caller's intuition there is exactly the right direction, which is that the, the best way to guard against hypocrisy and inconsistency is to point out um, what people's prior behavior or their previous position to say, look, 
this is, you know, here's how you act, and uh, that sort of, you know, is inconsistent with what you're asking about me, and that's inconsistent. And so I don't think there's a lot one can do other than pointing these things out. The fact of the matter is that, you know, I'm sure that the caller is good company, and so his friend, you know, has good reason for wanting him around more rather than less. So people are going to pursue their self-interest, even if uh, doing so sort of makes them behave in ways that are inconsistent with their with their prior views. Yeah, um, and yeah. since I am a therapist, I will tell you, I think that he can't make he can't make you feel anything you're feeling it for whatever reason i don't know you got to figure that out jeff and then the other thing is that he would be hanging out with his girlfriend if she were there correct yeah so he just wants a baby he may just want a babysitter yeah so don't feel guilty if you feel guilty but figure out why maybe you feel you owe him time or something but you know that's not the case he's not making you feel you're just taking it on right so um He is being inconsistent, and that could be hypocritical. So call him on it. Will do. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. Okay. That was interesting. I'm sure that happens a lot. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I think, um, well, and this is one of the fun things that's for me about thinking about this stuff is that, you know, I, I really do think it's true that all of us are inconsistent, and we each tend to notice other people's inconsistencies but not our own. And so it's actually always interesting when you kind of when you kind of have it pointed out to you. Sort of, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that's me. How come you think we are tending to not notice our own? I think it's strategic. So I think that it's actually bad to be viewed as a hypocrite. And one way to avoid being seen as a hypocrite is not to notice it in yourself. Because as soon as you notice it in yourself, it's not that unlikely that uh, you'll spill the beans. That is, you'll sort of leak the fact that you're inconsistent to other people. So I think that we're sort of strategically ignorant of our own inconsistencies, right? It's, this is sort of also the top of the show. You mentioned positive illusions. It's, it's good to sort of think good things about yourself because if you think good things about yourself, it helps persuade other people about those good things. Even and if they're not true. <laughs> Even if they're not true, right? Um, and so hypocrisy is one of those things where it's good to think you're consistent because if you behave as though that's what you think, then other people might believe that you're a consistent guy, which is valued in most contexts. So I think that not noticing our own inconsistencies is part of the strategic self-presentation strategy that we as humans have. Got it. Okay, that leads me to my next... We got an email from from Columbus. Hank from Columbus. Sometimes I try to catch my girlfriend being hypocritical to prove a point but she just gets mad and tells me to stop picking her apart. I just want her to be logical. Am I the dumb one for trying? What do you think? Wow. That's, I mean, um, you're the therapist, so I might put that back in your lap, but I will say (laughs) that this is consistent with the remark that I just made, which is that everyone wants to sort of appear consistent and so on. And one way to do that is to defend against any criticism that points out cases of inconsistency. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's unreasonable for us to expect everyone else to be perfectly consistent. This is just what it means to be a person, is that there's going to be inconsistencies. And you got to decide, you know, how much you're willing to tolerate and the domains in which you are and so on. And uh, Right. Yeah. And I mean, right. from a therapeutic standpoint, I would tell Hank, like, why do you need to prove to this woman that she's wrong or your, her point? If you're confident in yours, dude, yours should be fine. Why do you need to bring her down? What do you think? I mean, I, I don't get that. Well, right. So, I mean, every relationship has its own power dynamics and I so on. That. And, um, you know, I, it, it's difficult to know what exactly people need out of these relationships and what might you know, the value that one might have in trying to assert, yeah, you know, get, right, get advantages. And again, I'm not, I don't feel particularly quali- qualified to, to speak to that area. Well, I think Hank wants power. So, Hank, come on. Anyway, yeah, I think it's very true, though. 
what you say. Um, another email question we have. It seems like there's a huge difference between someone who purposefully says one thing and does another and someone who does it unknowingly. Is the person who knowingly says one thing and does another approaching being a pathological liar? What do you think? Yeah. That's an interesting question. I think uh, pathological liar, like all these things, has a, has a tactical definition, and so I wouldn't want to venture into there. But yeah, I mean, here is an area where we know that there are some substantial individual differences. So if you look at um, psychopathy and so on, people who take delight in deceiving others, and even when there's sort of no advantage to it, which right. is something I think many of us find hard to wrap our minds around, but that does exist out there. Yeah, it's like a hobby for them. Yeah, it's somehow fun, engaging. Again, it goes back to this question of, of having some power, the ability to manipulate people and so on. So, yeah, I think here there are degrees of sort of wrongness. And this is reflected in the law, right? So when you intentionally deceive, it's different from when you uh, just you know, sort of uh, pr provide false information by accident. So I absolutely think that people's intentions uh, are important in, in sort of evaluating the moral weight of actions. Okay, I agree. I agree. Yep. Okay, one more. Um is there a good time to be a hypocrite? For example, a smoker who is having trouble quitting telling a child not to smoke. Is a smoker not even actually a hypocrite? Right, yeah, that's, so this is sort of like the uh, studying question, and I yeah. sort of agree with that, that I'm not saying that it's always good to be, it's not always good to be consistent again, right? So to go, to go back to Emerson, who I mentioned before, foolish consistency, hobgoblin of little minds, I think it's, I think it's fine um, to be inconsistent, but I think, you know, in those sorts of cases, you want to sharply distinguish between, you know, this claim that what the person is doing is morally wrong as opposed to bad for them. So, I mean, I think in, in the case of smoking, it's both. People now have, have the sense not only that smoking is unhealthy, but there's sort of this moral taboo attached to it these days. Right. But it's also the case that the same behavior can be differently, you know, better for one person than another, right? So yeah. the health effects of uh, smoking from, for a pregnant woman are different from, you know, an 84-year-old non-person, right? Right, exactly. Uh, so, so it's not the same action. So there is a little bit of room for wiggling in there. I wouldn't want to push that too far, though. Yeah, no, I agree. Great information. Do you ever find yourself being a hypocrite? Yeah, I get asked this a lot. Um, mm. Sure, of mm. course. Yeah, what, so I was doing uh, I was doing a presentation in Boston uh, about a few months ago, and I was meeting a friend of mine at a coffee shop just before I was gonna gonna do the show, and um, I had I tussed about how someone had left their dirty dishes and napkins on the table instead of busting them as one does in many of those establishments in Cambridge. And then, of course, as I'm leaving, because I'm in a hurry off to get to the show, I don't want to be late for it, I noticed, yeah, sure enough, I left my coffee cup and the little plate there on, on the table after having talked about how the person who had previously done that was a moral degenerate. And mm -hmm. I'm not trying to use a minor case to say that I don't do anything that is majorly hypocritical. Yeah. I'm just trying to say uh, I think this is some, some, uh, something that happens in our normal everyday lives, yeah. and one can try to be vigilant, but there's limits. Yeah, but I mean, why can't that just be a slip-up in your mind? It is a slip-up, but I mean, it's a slip-up that, you know... Falls under that category. Slip, right? Yeah, move into hypocrisy. And, and I think, again, you know, I, 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 I just think, as I say, it's sort of the natural state of the human mind. We're all moralistic creatures. We all say that what other people do is bad, 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 and then, you know, you put the right temptation in front of us or what have you, and next thing you know, you're engaging in the very sort of behavior that you've yeah. previously condemned as morally reprehensible. Yeah, you're eating from that apple. Exactly. So where do we find you and learn more about you and your work? Well, as you said, I'm an associate professor at the University of Pennsylvania. I have a website. Uh, if you search on my last name, Kurzban, you pretty much find me because the name is unusual. Um, 
The uh, material that we've been discussing, as you'll probably say, is in the book, Why Everyone Else is a Hypocrite. Um, and I also have a blog. And again, if you just sort of Google my last name and the word blog, I'm pretty sure it's the first one that pops up on Bing or Google or whatever your favorite search engine is. Thank you. Give me your website just in case so I can put it out there. Yeah, the website is uh, Pleeplab, P-L-E-E-P-L-A-B. Uh, if you just sort of Google that, it's the only one out there. I'm the sure. PLEEP stands for Pennsylvania Laboratory of Experimental Social Psychology. Got it. Yep. Dr. Kurzban, thank you very much. My pleasure. Have a good weekend in Philly. Uh, thank you very much, Doc. So I appreciate you having me on the show. Sure. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was hypocrisy. That was learning to be a hypocrite or not to be. Interesting stuff. And I think there's a lot to take away from here. Um, we had some good calls. We had voicemails. We had some emails. All really bringing out the points that we really need to take a look at. But I think the four keys for you to take from today about hypocrisy is number one it is a contradiction in the state of mind between your action and your moral position meaning if you believe something but you're doing something different that's in direct opposition to that so that's really the definition of hypocrisy the second thing I think is very important to understand is it is a natural state of our mind so it's not like a signal or a sign or a symptom that there's something going awry in our brain it is just a natural state of mind but we have to be aware of it, and I think that knowing that puts people at ease, that they're not purposefully going around being hypocrites, quote-unquote. The third important thing to know is that it's very difficult to measure and to quantify, and that's because it's up to each individual person. It's a very subjective thing. So, But if we were able to measure it, that measurement of how much hypocrisy there is in someone would give us the ability to understand how much of a disconnect that is from their own moral judgment versus the action. So because it's hard to diff it's difficult to measure and it's difficult to quantify, it's really difficult to say how hypocritical someone is. But if we could, and that's where the research is heading, we're going to be able to do that through some psychological tests. And then I think the fourth and most important thing is, is that it tends to... Um, very difficult for one to own their own hypocritical behavior. And the reason for that looks and seems like, and we heard from Dr. Kurzban, that it's because we want to obviously be looked at in the best of light. So if we tell people we're good and we tell people we're not hypocritical, then they're going to believe it. But that does not mean we're not hypocritical or we're not more hypocritical than the next guy. So we tend to see it, minimize it within ourselves, probably like any other not-so-loving trait, but nonetheless, it's there. Those are four key things that I think you need to take away today about hypocritical behavior. It's, it's okay. We're going to do it, but notice it and keep it under tack because it gets to be annoying, I'm thinking. And if you heard some of these emails and voicemails, you're going to hear how it interferes with relationships as well. Get on the phone. Call me anytime, 1-855-767-4966, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW. My phone app is out. It's on the iTunes store. It's free. Got a ton of stuff on it. All these websites or all these podcasts, the websites there, www.drsophie.com. All the information is there and it's free. You got to listen. Give me some information back. Give me some questions back, some things, some thoughts, things you like, things you don't like, what we should change so that we can keep it moving in the right direction. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook. I'm there. Tons of updates. Reach to me there. I can communicate as well. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And the most important thing for me is for you to please don't forget the sweet.
But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey.